0: From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover.
1: Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. We're joined again by ESPN Lexington's Brad Taylor to discuss the college football bowl picks so that you can win your office pool competition then we're also talking about the nba win totals we talk about kentucky basketball we talk about all kinds of stuff that's what's cooking on today's sports stove podcast and now it's time to turn on the sports stove Welcome into today's Sports Stove Podcast. And today we are brought to you by Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. You can find uh, my podcast as well as other podcasts and news articles, sports articles on bellyupsports.com and catch up with some other people as well. And if you listen to the last episode, Parker Ainsworth was on there, his podcast FN Sports with uh, Shaka Cummings, good podcast. They just got a new episode out as well recently. So go to BillUpSports.com and check out them and other podcasts as well. Today, we are joined again by friend of the show and the most unbiased man in sports talk today, the host of The Bottom Line with Brad Taylor on ESPN Radio Lexington. And you can find his show on WLXG.com live every Sunday at 9 a.m. And he's back with us again today, Brad Taylor. Brad, thanks for being back with us. Thank you, Vince Stove. I appreciate it. You're welcome. So today, Brad gets to be a part of a brand new segment on the Sports Stove Podcast, and that is What's Simmering, where we're going to take a topic that has had a chance to kind of simmer a little bit, give us a little bit more time to think about. I know we're a world of uh, instant reaction, but sometimes it's good to take a step back, think through it a minute. Uh, as Brad will talk about a lot of numbers and and facts and things like that, so instant reaction you can't always have that, and so uh, we're going to try in each show to give you a what's simmering topic and uh, talk through some some things that we had a chance to t- uh, to think about. And today, what's simmering is the college football playoffs. College football playoffs had uh, their election or selection on Sunday to bring in the four teams. Uh, we four teams. I think most people expected to be in Alabama. Clemson, Ohio State and Notre Dame. Now, I think I believe at least my opinion is they are the four best teams in the country, the four most talented teams in the country. And uh, so in that case, they got it right. But I still think the college football playoffs had it wrong. Most people are arguing that a should have been in over Notre Dame, at least the people who are arguing say that A&M should be in over Notre Dame. I look at the resumes, and I think Notre Dame and Texas A&M's resume are exactly the same. Notre Dame beat Clemson without Trevor Lawrence. They beat North Carolina, and they lost to Clemson with Trevor Lawrence. Texas A&M, they beat Florida. They beat Auburn. I think Auburn and North Carolina are similar enough. And then they lost to Alabama in the SEC Championship game or not the SEC championship game, excuse me, but during the season, they lost to Alabama. So two decent wins and two, one, really good loss for both teams. I believe the one team that's undeserving of the top four that's currently in is Ohio State Buckeyes. The Ohio State Buckeyes, they only played six games. Yes, they won every single one of them, but they really had very little risk throughout their season by only playing the six games that they were able to play. Did they want to play more? Sure. Did they have schedule to play more? Yes. But did they play more? No, they did not. They end the season with six games. Then they come back after this, and you got A&M ranked five. Oklahoma jumps up to number six. Oklahoma lost to Kansas State during the season. Kansas State's horrible this year, and Oklahoma has no reason to be above an undefeated, conference-winning Cincinnati. So you have a a setup here, and Cincinnati was never going to make the playoffs. Me and Brad talked about that in a previous episode. There was no chance in the world they were going to make the playoffs, but I think they were deserving. So if you're going to argue for a team that should not be in the current four-team playoff, I think it should be Ohio State that should be kicked out, not Notre Dame. Notre Dame played well all season long, were undefeated going into the conference championship game, and lost to what I think is the best team in the country in Clemson. And so uh, you can argue all you want to that A&M should be in, but I don't think you should argue that Notre Dame should be out as they and A&M have the exact same resume. I think Ohio State should be out of the college football playoffs. And I've thought about this since it came out Sunday, and I watched it the the unveiling of the college football playoffs. They took way too long to announce the top four teams. But anyways, uh, here we are sitting now looking back at it. It's not going to change. College football, the NCAA is going to do what makes the most money. And what makes the most money is Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, undefeated Alabama, and a team that has their own network in Notre Dame. So it's no surprise, but I do think they got it wrong. That's what's been simmering for me this week. Brad, what's your thoughts? Any, anything you want to add? Anything you want to uh, uh, dispute with me on uh, the college football playoffs?
2: Well, I, I know you've been on the Cincinnati bandwagon a long time saying that they're deserving. I'm not so sure they're deserving. Because now they're in a bowl game against Georgia, and they're a seven-point underdog. If you ask me, our friends out in the desert have it right in that Georgia is a touchdown better than Cincinnati. And if you ask me if Georgia had been the right quarterback all season, you're looking at a team that might be in this college football playoff. But that's something you have to take up with Kirby Smart and the people down in Athens. But the point I think that you're trying to make is the Ohio State, and I talk about this on my show all the time, it's about who you are in life. When you're Ohio State, you get that benefit of the doubt. You get that special treatment. Whereas anybody else, if anybody, anybody else in the Big Ten for that matter, maybe other than Michigan, they don't get to this playoff at 6-0, and but it's Ohio State and they're a preseason number one, number two, number three, whatever they're going to be. So they get the benefit of the doubt. Notre Dame, Texas A&M, I, we said it the other day, Texas A&M isn't even the most popular team in their own state. And Notre Dame has their own network. So, of course, you follow money, Notre Dame gets in, Texas A&M has to go play in their little bowl game. But the college football playoff is what it is. It's a money grab, and it's all about who you are, and it's a smoke-filled room with a bunch of athletic directors with um, agendas. So, of course, they're going to put teams like Ohio State and Notre Dame in and leave teams like Texas A&M, which I don't think if you say who's the better team, Texas A&M is not favored in the game against Oklahoma. They may not be favored against Florida at this point because when they played this season, Florida was a small favorite when they went to Texas A&M, when Texas A&M beat them. So our friends out in the desert, they don't really matter when it comes to the playoff committee. They don't even, they're not even on the same page. But the playoff is what it is. It's a fixed rigged sport as it is. Cincinnati, a team like them, they could have gone 20-0. Sorry about your luck. <laughs>
1: So if they expanded the six, six teams, do you think Cincinnati would have made it? Now, as it's set up now, they would not. But do you think the committee would have let Cincinnati in if it was a six-game playoff?
2: No. A&M yeah. gets in. Oklahoma gets in. You think they're going to take in Cincinnati over Oklahoma? A quote-unquote chain of a Power Five conference? No way. They're not going to let Cincinnati. You have to go down to eight and then make a, a special stipulation that a non-Power Five school has to get in every year and then there'll be the one-versus-eight game. That's the only way you're going to see this, yeah. a non-Power 5 team in it. If you get a stipulation beforehand, okay, one of these non-Power 5 schools get to make it, and they'll be automatically number 8 seed against the number 1, that'll be the way of giving them a bye week, so to speak. So, yeah, but Cincinnati, even a sixteen playoff, they weren't going to make it because the, the cards are set against them and Central Florida's and the Boise States of the world.
1: Yeah, because if you go to an eight-team uh, playoff, everybody says, "Well, if you go eight eight teams, then you solve all the problems." But if you go to eight teams, nope. Coastal Carolina's still not in. They're undefeated. They're still not going to make it in. You've got Cincinnati who would make it in. Then you got Florida uh, as well. Uh, you've got a two-loss Georgia, a three-loss Indiana or Iowa State uh, would go in before an undefeated Coastal Carolina, and they played some some tough games for Coastal Carolina at least to play. Uh, everybody says you expand it to eight games, you solve all the problems. Uh, no, you just make more more issues for those teams that don't get in. But uh, enough on the college football players' uh, playoffs. One more thought on on that before we go to the games. Dabo Sweeney's coaching poll uh, came out and, and reported it. He has Ohio State down at number 11, I believe. And I looked at the teams above Ohio State. I actually agree with Dabo Sweeney. I love Dabo Sweeney. I, I don't understand why people hate him so much, especially with all the just ridiculous – Horribly horrible people that are out in the world today. But nonetheless, Dabo Sweeney says the 6-0 and Ohio State Buckeyes shouldn't be in the top 10, puts them at number 11. And uh, they play, uh, amazingly enough, in the college football playoffs, Clemson and Ohio State. Was this just to get under their skin, or was Dabo uh, just being uh, righteous in, in his decisions on who he was putting in the top 10?
2: Oh, he's being righteous. I mean, I guarantee you he knew weeks ago that they were going to be number two or number three and playing Ohio State. That was pretty much a foregone conclusion even before this weekend that they were going to have that kind of set up. I'll tell you what, right now, if you're Ohio State and you're sitting there as an underdog like you are, yeah, that's, that's enough. And especially Ohio State getting seven and a half points by what I'm seeing right now. Yeah, I wasn't looking to take Ohio State. I am now based on that <laughs> alone. Yes. Yeah.
1: Uh, the bulletin board material that ideally they shouldn't need uh, is works. now there yes. for them. All right, let's go through. Everybody's got their college pick'ems that they're doing, whether it's through ESPN or other other websites. Our uh, cohorts at Belly Up, the Blackout podcast, they have uh, a league or whatnot going on with the uh, college playoffs and uh, their pick 'ems there through ESPN. So I'm looking through the uh, schedule on ESPN.com. And uh, that's where I have the line. So you might have different lines uh, than I have, depending on where you got them from. Uh, But we're just going to walk through them and uh, talk through these games. uh, I have not studied out most of these teams, uh, some of these Georgia Southerns and things like that. But uh, nonetheless, we'll get some thoughts on it so you can help people win their office pools uh, for the uh, college football bowls uh, and their picks and things through there. Sound good?
2: Sure. I'll do what I can.
1: So I just, I just need someone to blame when I don't win. So oh, that's yeah, what. there you
2: go. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, we already
1: had one game. We're recording this on Monday night. One game, Appalachian State. Nobody's surprised uh, there. They won. I believe they covered, did they not?
2: Yes, they did, yes.
1: Yeah, so uh, uh, they, they did what they were supposed to do. Tuesday night or Tuesday afternoon, 3.30 kickoff Eastern time. Uh, six and five Tulane, six and two Nevada. I've got Tulane favored uh, two and a half. Points here, uh, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Everyone's going to be watching. Uh, what's what's your thought pick on that game?
2: Well, our good friends over at the ESPN uh, Capital One Bowl Media who are picking these games straight up. They say Nevada, sixty-six percent of the participants in the uh, contest say Nevada will win this over Tulane. I'm kind of the opposite. I think Tulane, six and five. You've got a team that's got a little more experience this year. But if you look at Nevada, eh, who have they really played? Eh, nobody. I think Tulane not only is a uh, candidate to cover this line, and, um, but I mean, to win this game straight up. I look at the, the line of this game, and you mentioned it before. I'm getting lines from uh, the, the offshore, faraway places, if you know what I mean. Uh, Tulane's a two-and-a-half-point favorite, but uh, the public is all over Nevada in this game. I think Tulane wins this game and covers. It's a good good spot for Tulane. Touchdown win for the Greenways.
1: All right. Then also on Tuesday night, uh, the number 16, BYU, they're 10 and one, lost to uh, Co- uh, Coastal Carolina, I guess, earlier a couple weeks ago. And UCF is six and three at the roofclaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. I've got BYU as a six and a half point favorite. What's your thoughts? You talk about two teams kind of
2: on different sides of the run this year. BYU almost had the uh, undefeated season in their grasp, but they blew it at the end because they took on another comer in Central uh, Coastal Carolina. Central Florida, who's gone through this before, a couple years ago, they know what it's like to go undefeated, but they don't get rewarded for it. Two teams against the spread this year, Central Florida three and six against the spread, BYU four. This is a spot when you see BYU favored in this game by six and a half. Central Florida can keep this game close. Everybody's on BYU. Everybody knows how the season they had. They also have a first-round quarterback who's now rumored to go ahead of Justin Fields. A lot of times, those are kind of over-height teams in these bowls because there's no better time, other than the NCAA tournament, there's no better time to go contrarian than in the bowl season. I'll take Central Florida getting six and a half. I'll take that touchdown. Give me Central Florida against BYU in this one. But I think BYU will win this one just closer than the experts think.
1: All right. Wednesday, we've got a 3 o'clock kickoff. For the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl, Louisiana Tech five and four, Georgia Southern seven and five, and Southern five and a half point favorite.
2: Five and a half point favorite. Well, in this game, you get, you get two two teams. They both played the a full schedule. Yeah, it's the kind of game where you know you're you're looking to take dogs in a lot of these games, and that, that's just how it is. And I can get the ESPN.com uh, Bowl Media. Sixty-seven percent of the people are on Georgia Southern in this one. I think they win this game, but it's not something where either one of these teams have really stood out this year in terms of against the spread or against in either way, shape, or form. Georgia Tech, I mean, Georgia Southern, yeah, they'll win. Louisiana Tech, probably the best play you have against the spread.
1: Wednesday night is the Montgomery Bowl. Memphis at 7 and 3, Florida Atlantic University at 5 and 3. I've got Memphis as an eight point favorite in this game. What do you have?
2: Uh, both these teams are terrible against point spread. So it's, it's, I've got them in an eight point favorite also, but both these teams terribly underachieving, if you know what I mean, against the spread this year. Uh, Meps should do win this game. They're the better team. They should outclass Florida Atlantic. Uh, I would say a 10 point win, but you know, there's other places down the road we're going to get to, uh, that I think, uh, are better makers, so to speak, this one.
1: Christmas Eve, Hawaii four and four, Houston three and four in the New Mexico Bowl. Houston with a losing record this season is a thirteen point favorite over the Warriors uh, of Hawaii. Uh, what do you got?
2: Both these teams losing records against the spread this year too. Why is it Hawaii playing in the Hawaii Bowl? Is there a Hawaii Bowl this year? They always Must play have in that Yeah, I think so because they always play in that game. Uh, Houston's a better team here and they should win this game. I'm thinking a 10 to 13 point win. I know our friends out in the desert have this as a 13 point, uh, favorite as Houston is. Now again, Hawaii, you know, it's a great place to, you know, if you want to take the dog in this one, but a lot of people in Houston are rightly so Houston's a better team in this one. They should win this one.
1: An interesting matchup on Christmas Day, 2.30 kickoff, the Camellia Bowl. Uh, Marshall, 7-2, and two, Buffalo, 5-1, and one, Buffalo, a three-and-a-half point favorite. What do you got?
2: Oh, now, here's one I really like this year. We were talking about contrarians and how you take these bowl games, and it's one of the best times of the year. We want to go against the public in these games, and we want to take underdogs going against the public. So we look at public money, and we look at teams getting a few points out in the desert. Marshall is one. They are not getting a whole lot of public support right now, but they're less than a touchdown underdog. I'm going to call for the upset here. Marshall covered a few games this year, getting spread over 500. i going to call for the upset. It's one of my favorite ones. Let's take Marshall over Buffalo. Fans not on them. Nobody's paying attention to them. Marshall over Buffalo. There's your first upset special there, uh, Vince Chris,
1: A Christmas present uh, there for everyone <laughs> listening. All right, Saturday, the day after Christmas, we got a pretty good slate of games. Noon kickoff in the FBC Mortgage Cure Bowl. Liberty at 9-1, Coastal Carolina at 11-0. Coastal Carolina only a a six-and-a-half point favorite in this game. What do you have on this one?
2: Sometimes the desert tries to tell you something because when you look at this game from the start, you'd think, oh, Coastal Carolina. They should be a huge uh, favorite in this game over Liberty. They started out well, but uh, it didn't really end up well for them. And you don't think he's free to go out on a uh, – wants to get another job, wants to get its people. Hey, I'm really – I'm a good coach. Eighty-nine percent of the people in bowl mania have taken Coastal Carolina. If you're going to give me a touchdown, I'll, I'll take Liberty in this one. Give me those six-and-a-half points. Give Liberty to keep this one close against Coastal Carolina. Another one of our bet against the public games for this one that we like a lot.
3: You really can sell to anyone from anywhere.
0: This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors.
1: Yeah, Hugh Freeze's name came up for a lot of people talking about Auburn, but apparently Auburn has not reached out at all to Hugh Freeze. Uh, and uh, so that kind of, I think, helps a little bit for Liberty this game, not having a whole lot of rumors happening right now. The focus can kind of be on the game uh, for the locker room at the very least, and and that wouldn't surprise me. I don't think Hugh Freeze is going anywhere this year, but I think next year is probably when he takes the jump maybe to Tennessee, maybe to another SEC school that's a, that's available, um, But you never he know. You really think he's going
2: number. to Tennessee? I mean – You really think Hugh Freeze is going to Tennessee?
1: Well, why not? All right.
2: You think Full put up with that?
1: (laughs) I mean. You know, I, I think I don't know. He was going to hire Greg Schiano. <laughs> <So, laughs>
2: that's true. That's a, good, that's a good point. You know, that's, that you got me on
1: that one. Yeah. Yeah, and Hugh Freeze has one one more recently than Greg Schiano has. So I think I think there's that's a true. possibility. We'll, we'll see. We'll give hey, Penn one if, more year. If, Brett
2: Bielema, if Fred Bielema, if could get another Big Ten job, then Hugh Freeze can get another SEC job. There you
1: go. That's right. That's right. All right. Speaking of the SEC and people who shouldn't be in bowl games, South Carolina has a noon kickoff. Uh, They're 2-8. and eight. They're playing UAB in the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. Um, UAB is a six-and-a-half point favorite in this game. Uh, what do you have for that one?
2: In what world did you ever see UAB as a touchdown favorite over South Carolina? Again? And the thing is, I wouldn't touch this game. UAB is going to win this game, I would say, handily. But, of course, those are the kind of games that usually go against you. But, yeah, South Carolina, you're right. They don't deserve to be in a bowl. Even in bowl, maybe AB has 71% of the people on them. Yeah, unless you're taking UAB to just give, you know, because South Carolina's giving up. Yeah, this is UAB's game to lose.
1: 3.30 uh, kickoff on Saturday. Number 19, Louisiana. They had a good season. They're 9-1. UTSA, 7-4. They're playing in the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl. Louisiana is a 13-point favorite in this game. What do you got?
2: 90, this is the biggest one on the Bowl media. 97% of the uh, people are, are taken Louisiana in this one. Is this not even one where the public uh, money against or for? Yeah, some of these teams, I mean, you look at them and you look at these games, you're trying to handicap them, and you say to yourself, okay, what am I looking for here? Because of all the seasons to kind of do these bowl games, it's, it's so tough right now. Both these games are about even. Uh, both these teams are about even to get the point spread. This is, a. I see about a 10 to 14 uh, point Louisiana win. Yeah, it's either Texas, San Antonio, or or nobody when you get these many points, but it's not a game that I want to look at as far as handicapping. Uh,
1: Saturday, 3.30 kickoff. Uh, This is a a big one. Uh, The Lending Tree Bowl, Western Kentucky, five and six in the season. Georgia State, five and four on the season. Georgia State has a four point favorite in this game. Uh, What do you have on these two teams?
2: Here's one of my favorite ones too. We went. We said Marshall. We said Liberty. We'll take Western in this one too. You're getting four points, and the public all over Georgia State in this one. We'll fade the public getting and with a team getting less of a touchdown. Western Kentucky getting four. One of my favorites going into this week, this bowl season.
1: Going on a couple of days after that, Tuesday, December the 29th, 5:30 kickoff on ESPN should be a good game. The Cheez It Bowl, Oklahoma State seven and three, Miami. Eight and two right now. Oklahoma State opening as the favorite two-point favorite uh, there for them. What do you have on this one?
2: I like Miami. I think they're going to win this game straight up. Uh, you talk about the public. The public's already on Oklahoma State in this one. Miami a two-point dog. Yeah, I think the wrong team is favored in this one. And, you you know, that's something you hear these touts out in Vegas. Oh, the wrong team's favored. Vegas has made a mistake. Well, no, they don't make mistakes. But I think in this case, I Miami's the better team, if you ask me. They're going to win this game by a touchdown. Uh, they covered more games this year than Oklahoma State did, and uh, I just think they're a better program right now, although you always hear Miami back. Well, they're not. They're just, they're just a team right now. Miami's going to win this game. Uh,
1: teams that have disappointed this season, number 20, Texas, 6-3. Uh, and three. They're playing against Colorado, who's 4-1 and one in the Valero Alamo Bowl, uh, basically home field advantage for Texas here. They're 11 and a half point favorites. They've really underachieved. They decided to keep their coach because Urban Meyer said no to them. Uh, what are you expecting from this Texas Colorado game?
2: I think the vote of confidence that kept Herman in town. I think that's really going to help Texas in this one. They should win this game. They they're a lot better than Colorado. They're a lot better than a lot of teams. But you know, when you go six and three, maybe you don't. It doesn't show as much. I Texas. I think they win this game, but it's not one I want to look at their dog like Colorado and say, man, I want to take all these points. I think Texas will actually – and that's another thing you have to look at with these bowl games. Who really has the incentive in these bowl games and who is just playing out the string? A team like South Carolina probably playing out the string. A team like Tennessee before it got canceled, they were probably just playing out the string. A team like Texas, they're going to have something to prove. We'll take Texas in this one.
1: Wednesday, December 30th, noon kickoff. Wake Forest four and four up against Wisconsin, three and three. They're uh, at the Dukes Mayo Bowl. Wisconsin, man, their first game of the season. Everybody thought they were going to be the it team. They are a six and a half point favorite over Wake Forest. What do you think about Wake and Wisconsin?
2: What happened to that quarterback from the first game?
1: <laughs> the well, where 10. was
2: that guy? Yeah. The, he was the like the, he was like the <laughs> Greatest quarterback in the history of Wisconsin after that first game. Also, oh, hey, this Cohen guy, he's, he might as well transfer. But, yeah, it's Wisconsin, and you're three and three. <sighs> should they win this game? Yeah, they should win the game. But, I mean, what is does Wake Forest have to play for? That's kind of the thing I'm looking for. To either of these teams, Wisconsin had how many games postponed and canceled this year? It feels like half their schedule was. So, yeah, a touchdown for Wisconsin then leave it at that. I don't. I can't touch
4: this
1: thing. Uh, this one seems lopsided. The Music City Bowl. Uh, it's a four o'clock kickoff. Number fifteen, Iowa. They're six and two. Missouri, five and five. And Iowa, a fifteen-point favorite at the moment. Uh, what do you think about this one? Iowa
2: always just upsets you. I don't want to curse here, but, I mean, they, they just really upset you because you just look at them, you watch them play, it's the same thing every year. They're boring. They have the tight ends that stand straight up. You don't know why. And it's the same thing with Iowa. But, I mean, they're going to win this game against Missouri. I think it'll be a little closer than the point spread says. But, I mean, Iowa should win this game.
1: Uh, another good game, number seven and number six Wednesday at eight o'clock kickoff. Uh, Florida eight and three, Oklahoma the uh, conference champs eight and two. Florida three point favor in the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic. Uh, what do you have for this game?
2: Probably the best matchup outside the um, the uh, the playoff. I I see this literally. This game is a toss up. I mean, we we got word today that the tight end for Florida won't be playing. I know Florida's a three-point favorite. Oklahoma always comes into these bowl games and these playoffs. And they're always overrated, and they always disappoint. But it just feels like that this is the kind of game that Oklahoma would show up, especially with Florida. Maybe a little overrated. Maybe not having other players there. The tight end's out. Will Trask even play? Three-point favorite. I, it's a, literally a toss-up game. I'd take Oklahoma in the three. And just hope for the best. But, I mean, this is a great game to watch right here.
1: Yeah, I think that's it's all about the quarterback uh, for Florida, yes. although the tight end is very good. Uh, but Kyle Trask, if he plays, he's got a lot to prove in this game. Uh, after losing to Alabama and after that surprise loss there at the end of the season for Florida, this is a game that you talk about people being motivated to play, having a reason to play. To me, Kyle Trask has a reason to be there. Um, and begin to continue to build his – because he was the Heisman favorite for a time. So he's got to get his his uh, legacy back, so to say. And uh, I think that Florida is going to be a tough beat. That one might be not only the quarterbacks, but I think the coaching is interesting for that one as well. Lincoln Riley, obviously one of the, the most talked about college football coaches the last couple of years. Uh, but Dan Mullen's doing some good stuff in Florida, and I think that's going to be a really, really good game to watch um let's see here new year's eve we've got tulsa six and two and uh they've had a pretty good season they're playing against mississippi state who's three and seven in the lockheed martin armed forces bowl tulsa comes into this game uh, only a two and a half point favorite what are your thoughts on them
2: uh you say only i say why are they favor? i think mississippi state they're the public's not on them and Tulsa was great this year against the point spread. They were the second-best team in America. They were 7-1 against the point spread this year. So a team like Tulsa, who did they really play, though? Their toughest game was that Cincinnati game. They kind of kept Cincinnati close to the defensive game. This is Mississippi State. And, I, you know, Mike Leach, you can talk about him. Will he show up for a bowl or not? I think he does. And the public is against him, and they're a short favorite. Add this into the uh, list so far, this is number five that we've gone over. Give me Mississippi State to keep this one closer than that uh, field or less.
1: This is the first one that I've adamantly disagreed with you on. Uh, Really? (laughs) I watched that Mississippi State-Kentucky game early in the season, and I know that was a long time ago, um, but I can't shake that one out of my head. And Tulsa, you know, like you said, they were right there with uh, Cincinnati. I think at this point – But is that that,
2: that Tulsa-Cincinnati game, that more reflection of Tulsa is that good? or that Cincinnati is overrated. That's kind of what you've got to figure out in this one.
1: Yeah, yeah, very true. Um, I think if I was a betting man, and I'm not, I wouldn't take – I don't know. I I don't know. But I don't think Mississippi State wins this game. I think Tulsa wins it. Uh, but that's just my uh, non-professional opinion. So if you're, if you're putting money on these games, you want to listen to Brad, not me. Um, a team I really like uh, is a 2 o'clock kickoff. And it's uh, number 22, San Jose State. They're 7-0 and this season, and they're playing a 6-1 and Ball State team in at, at the Arizona Bowl. San Jose State comes in as 7.5-point favorites. I think they're one of the more underrated teams in the nation. They're not a top-four team, don't get me wrong there, but I think they're a really good team and a really good program. Uh, what do you think about San Jose State, Ball State?
2: The only thing I have with San Jose State is who did they defeat this year? And that's the – and that's because everybody just played conference games this year. So it's really going to be um, – these bowl games are really going to be tough to handicap is, because none of these teams played out of conference. I think Ball State keeps this game close. Now, the public money, they're kind of split. So it's not where one side's getting a lot more money than the other. So it's not what I want to put on the list. But if you're telling me I'm going to get a touchdown on Ball State, yeah, I'll take that all day.
1: Uh, let's see and by here. the way,
2: Tulsa, Tulsa this year – I forgot to say this. They were 7 and 1 against the spread. Oh, they, oh we're talking, I'm sorry, San Jose State, we're talking about. Uh, they were 6 0 1 against the spread. So they never lost one game against the spread this year. Sixteen expectations. Sometimes you like to look at in the bowl games, you want to go against these teams that, that really exceeded expectations all year because they might be coming back once they place a different team in a bowl game.
1: Yeah, and I was just looking at their schedule. You're, they didn't play anybody. <laughs> Boise State, Nevada. Um, uh, UNLV, I mean, they didn't have, of course, and that's the way the conference is. If you don't have a great conference, you weren't going to get a whole lot of great games in this year, but um, nonetheless, we've got a brand new game added, so I don't have a point spread on it. Uh, but uh, finally, someone decided to play Army. Army's nine and two, and they're going to play in the Liberty Bowl against West Virginia at five and four. Um, that game uh, was originally scheduled to be Tennessee, Tennessee out because of COVID. Army obviously way better than Tennessee this year. Do you have any thoughts on Army West Virginia?
2: It's tough to go against these, uh, armed the, uh, the service academies in these bowl games because it, you know, because you never see those offenses. But then again, you get these big teams always have a few weeks to prepare for it. During the season, you know, these teams don't have, you know, time to prepare, prepare the game. Yeah. With Army and West Virginia, Man, I really have nothing on that one. I mean, you look at a team like Army, they just got over, done with two games in a row against Service Academies. They have to have some sort of letdown. West Virginia, they covered six out set of nine games this year, so it's not like they didn't exceed expectations a little. I'm sure West Virginia will be a small favorite in this game, but it's not one where I say, man, I got to take Army to the point." i point. This one is one that I'll just say is a toss-up in the toss up.
1: Army's quarterback uh, was 39% completion percentage, a total all season long of 158 yards passing uh, their whole team. And in 11 games this season, their team has passed for 480 yards. Uh, that's, yeah, that's a, it's a different setup for sure. Uh, yeah, always the take team.
2: the under. Always take unders when the service academies playing. Those games <laughs> last about an hour and 45 minutes, and there's like 50 yards passing between the two teams.
1: Well, great job by the Liberty Bowl getting them in, added in there, uh, last minute getting them added to the bowl. They, they definitely deserve to be in a bowl game this year as opposed to many of the other teams uh, on this list, including the next game. Arkansas is three and seven on the season. They're playing TCU and the Mercari Texas Bowl, who's six and four. TCU enters that game as a five and a half point favorite. Who do you like there? You're looking
2: at two teams and they both. Seven and three against the spread this year. Uh, if you're going to give me that many points, I think I'll take Arkansas. You've got a first year coach, and a lot of times these first coaches, they always like to go to these bowl games and prove themselves and show up a good. They don't throw it in the towel and tank it, kind of like South Carolina is going to do, probably. You know, These first year coaches always like to show well in bowl games. If you're going to give me five and a half, six points, yeah, I'll take Arkansas.
1: So did I hear you right? Arkansas, who's three and seven straight up, is seven and three against yep. the spread. Wow. Yes,
2: exactly. That's it's, it's a different world out in the desert, Vince Dover. I've been trying to tell you this for a time. <laughs> just because, just because you lose games doesn't mean you can't be making you make and tickets. If you know what I'm saying.
1: All right, let's let's move to Friday, January first. The Big Four. Actually, let's skip the playoff games and get hit these ones after the playoffs. So we'll come back and hit the playoff games. Uh So. Uh, we're in Lexington, Kentucky, and I have listened to Kentucky fans brag about, this is our, was a fifth straight year going to a bowl. And I, I go, wait a second. You're, you're four and six. You are only going to a bowl because it's a COVID season. You can't brag about, about that. That's not something to be proud of when you're get, get in just because COVID's here and there are people trying to make money. But, uh, Kentucky kicks off at noon on Saturday, January the 2nd and the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. They're facing number 23, North Carolina State, who's 8-3. and three, But Kentucky is the favorite in this game, a two-and-a-half-point favorite. They do not have an offensive coordinator. Vince Morrow will be calling plays for them. And uh, so what do you got for Kentucky and North Carolina State?
2: North Carolina State's ranked, right?
1: Because yeah, I'm he's not ranked
2: right. in the little AP poll, whatever it is now. Uh, yeah. So how is it that Kentucky's favorite in this game? Well, is that the desert trying to tell you something? The public's all over Kentucky and them because they're like everybody else. Oh well, how North Carolina State? They can't hang with this this team. North Carolina State's going to win this game. They have a better quarterback for sure. No matter you know, and they replaced quarterback in midseason, and they have a better quarterback. Five years in a bowl game that doesn't tell me anything. This is a better team, and you get exposed, especially like the SEC. You say it's four and sixteen. Well, yeah, we replaced three cupcakes with Ole Miss and Alabama. Yeah, you are gonna get exposed because of the schedule. North Carolina State, three and a half point dog, they're gonna win this game straight up. I've got them winning twenty-four-twenty-one in this one. I think they're the better team.
1: Yeah, I'm I was surprised to see Kentucky favorite because again, I've seen a number of Kentucky games this season, and none of them have been pretty. <laughs> and uh, you're talking about guys coming in there. You said they switched quarterbacks, uh, Hockuma, or Hawkman, excuse me, came in. Uh, he's got a 63% completion percentage, over 1,800 yards, uh, 12 touchdowns to eight interceptions. Their other quarterback, Leary, had 890 yards, eight touchdowns, two interceptions, and uh, offensively, they're a far better team. Uh, running, running the game, running the ball. Kentucky's lead running back, 701 yards, um, and that's Rodriguez. And then for NC State, Knight has 736 yards. Um, just as a whole. Uh, NC State's a better team. They have, uh, they're pretty close in numbers as far as total numbers, rushing the ball, but passing the ball. Obviously, NC State is far better team there. I just think if you play 11 games, um, and they're not in a, a horrible conference, NC State is not. If You play 11 games and, and you're eight and three and ranked. I, I don't see how a team like a Kentucky can beat you. They didn't beat anybody great this year either. They did beat Liberty by one point, uh, earlier in the season. Um, that's probably their biggest win of the season. They lost to North Carolina. They played them. Um, they beat Pittsburgh. That was a big win for them as well. But, anyways, I was, that's one of those you look at and you go, "Why in the world is Kentucky favored in that game?" I don't know, um, and I'm not. What's Kentucky? I, I don't know, and you may not know this off your top of your head either. Uh, their bowl record under Stoops.
3: Well, Shopify says you can sell anywhere. Oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world! Uh, You can run and grow your business anywhere.
0: This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or sea floors. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar,
2: Off the top of my head, I don't know. I know. Um, I think they're three and one, if I'm not mistaken. They lost yeah, to I'm... Georgia Tech. They beat Northwestern. They beat Penn State, and they yeah, they're three and one. They beat Virginia sure. Tech last year. But talking about North Carolina State, all three games they lost. They were all to ranked teams, so yeah. it's not like you know they were they lost to some scrubs along the way like Kentucky did, like the team like Missouri. And you look at the quarterbacks. You look at the uh, Pro Football Focus uh, player grades. Uh, Terry Wilson was 104th this year in in quarterbacks nationally, while Bailey was 64th. So got a little bit of an advantage by the player grade, the pro football focus, who was the better quarterback. Yeah, uh, North Carolina State, I think they win the game.
1: And I'm sure we'll get more coverage on that in the upcoming episodes of The Bottom Line with Brad Taylor uh, that you can listen to every Sunday at wlxg.com or if you're in the Lexington, Kentucky area, 1300 AM, 92.5 FM. Uh, a little plug there. Uh, let's go on to the next game. My favorite team of the season has been Indiana. Indiana's ranked number 11. They're 6-1. and one. In the Outback Bowl, they'll be playing against Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss at 4-5. and five. Indiana opens this game as a 6.5-point favorite. Uh, they've been the darlings this year, so to say. What do you have on this game?
2: Oh, it's, this one's easy, though, right, Vince It's easy. Yeah. This is your team. Indiana, they have, it, they have lost one game. They're the best team in America. Against the spread this year. Nobody's been better. 7-0 and against the spread. And poor old Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin. They barely got to a bowl game. It's amazing how they ever got anything done this year. Uh, yeah, I'm taking Ole Miss to win this game straight up. You're going to give me six and a half? I don't think I want the points or need them. I'll take the point, But I think Ole Miss wins this game. Indiana's going to be stepping up in stature playing this Ole Miss team this week. And the public loves Indiana. The public loves the Big Ten as it is but they're all over Indiana so far. If the Ole Miss getting six and a half in this game, first year coach Lane Kiffin, wanting to prove himself in a bowl game, six and a half, I'll take that one all day long. One of my favorites for the bowl season.
1: So Indiana, they lost their quarterback, Penix late in the season. Everybody thought, well, now they're done. At least it was a good story. Uh, Jack Tuttle comes in, the sophomore out of California. He comes in and really picks up right where Penix left off. Uh, He plays really great. Indiana stays uh, solid there. Uh, I don't know that there's a team in the country right now that likes their coach more than Indiana likes their coach. Alabama players, they deal with Saban because he's a great coach. Uh, uh, Clemson players, they deal with Dabo because he's a good coach. Ohio State players, I think they just trying to get to that next level. Indiana right now is playing hard for their coach. Um, Lane Kiffin, there's some rumors that Lane Kiffin is up for the Auburn job, which would be just absolutely nuts. But anyways – uh, I don't think uh, Ole Miss comes into this game taking it seriously, which may help them. They might be very loose and just let's just go out there and see if we can put up 80. I don't, I don't know what their mindset is going into it. Um, I think Indiana comes in focused. I think they win by double digits. So that's a second one that Woo. I strongly disagree with you on Woo.
2: because I think Indiana
1: just the better team in this one.
2: Yeah, I, I, mine is all off trends, and mine is off. You know the fact that. You're going to give me six and a half an old miss in the public against them. Yeah, I'll take that all day. Bowl season is all about contrarianism, and it's been proven that way in the past. And that's all my picks that I'm making that I say I really like that game. I've got, uh, I think, about six of them when we've gone over so far, or seven. Yeah, those are the games that our public doesn't like, and you've got a small underdog. Yeah.
1: All right. Maybe, not maybe, overranked Iowa State. They're number 10 in the nation at eight and three. They're playing number 25 Oregon. The uh, the Pac-12 champs, Oregon is four and two. Uh, It's it's I don't know it's ever happened before. You had different division winners in the Pac-12 and neither one of those were the conference champions this year. But Iowa State comes into this game a four and a half point favorite in the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. What do you have on this game?
2: A game I want to stay away from. I mean, Pac-12 champions, I mean, really? I mean, you were just in town, and they said, hey, why don't you guys come over and play? And the other team can't play. You guys play? Okay, we'll come over and play. Uh, Cristobal, I mean, it was obvious that this team was carried last the last couple of years by Justin Herbert, and when they put a new quarterback in, they're not as good, because now the flaws of the coaches are very, very, you know, exposed. And and it's kind of the thing where is Oregon really, you know, going to show up? In the ball game. I think they'll show up, but are they coached well enough to actually play? Whereas oh, uh, Iowa State, yeah, they they kind of blew that final game. Iowa State should win this game. If you're going to give me four and a half, I'll probably take Oregon. It's not a game that I look at this and say, man, I like either side in this game, either straight up or against the spread.
1: Crystal Ball is another guy that was rumored to Auburn. I reported with my yeah. loosely connected. My um, loosely connected sources that he was the the lead guy for a time until he told them no. But nonetheless, um, I think uh-huh. Oregon wins this game against Iowa State. And uh, But I would take the points if you gave them to me for sure on that one as well. Uh, Texas A&M, they feel like they were uh, uh, left out of the playoffs. They're 8-1. and one. They're trying to prove something. They're playing against number 13 North Carolina, who, by the way, they're going to get better next season than they were this year there was a lot of hype about them this year but the recruits they brought in this year are going to be a year older they'll be better next year that's for another podcast capital one orange bowl AM versus north carolina AM uh has a is the seven point favorite in this game
2: living in atlanta in the 90s georgia tech between their runs kind of like 1990 the lethal weapon three kenny anderson bunch and then between that and the national championship squad they had early 2000s, they always were on the bubble for the NCAA tournament. This is we're talking basketball. They're always on the bubble. And they all, they got left out about three or four years out of about five or six. And they're right on the bubble, first team out every time. And Bobby Premis, their coach, would always complain. He would always say, we got ripped off. We got robbed. We don't know what we're doing. And then they'd go to the NIT, and then they'd just lose so bad in that first game, in the first round of the NIT. They'd be the number one seed, and they'd get housed first round because they were still so upset that they got left out of the NCAA tournament. And I think this might be what A&M is thinking this time. Hey, we just got hosed. We're not going to have a whole lot of time to recover and get over this. Now you're going to North Carolina, who you could argue is just as good as Texas A&M. They are underrated, if you ask me, North Carolina. Yeah, they lost to Clemson and Notre Dame, but that's you know they have played a very good deal this year and they played very well this year. One of the most underrated teams of the top teams in the country, North Carolina. Yeah, you're going to give me seven in North Carolina. I'll take that all day long because the public's going to say, "Oh yeah, A and M. They were they almost made the playoff." This is North Carolina's spot. You're going to give me seven. This is a field goal team, field goal game. Either way, North Carolina, one of my favorite bowl teams.
1: I like that pick. All right, let's jump back to Friday, January the first. So you got the game we we mentioned earlier. Georgia and Cincinnati. Cincinnati's the number eight. Georgia number nine, playing in Chick-fil-A peach Bowl. If it's sponsored by Chick-fil-A, Georgia has to win. Uh, Georgia opens the game as a seven-point favorite. What do you have here?
2: We did talk about this earlier. You know, Cincinnati this year, they were only five and four against the threat. So it's not like they just overachieved and just beat everybody more than they thought they were going to beat everybody. The desert knew how good this team was, and they knew how the teams they were playing, how those teams were as well, while Georgia, they basically just treaded water after they finally figured out who their quarterback should be. Then they dominated the rest of the way. That's the thing about college football. If you don't have the right quarterback, none of the rest of it matters, just ask Kentucky. If you don't have the right quarterback, you're in trouble, and that's what Georgia figured out this year. If they had kept the Field, they'd be in this playoff right now, And it wouldn't even be a doubt about that. Georgia's better. I'm sorry. There's a reason why everybody loves Cincinnati and everybody was rushing to the window to put their money on Cincinnati. Georgia's still a touchdown favorite. If I'm taking anybody in this game, I would lay the point to take Georgia. Not only because they have a quote-unquote home field advantage, which they really don't. Atlanta's not really a home field for Georgia, if you know what it's like down there. Georgia's is better. If they had the right quarterback playing... They'd be in the playoff right now, and I think they have a lot to prove, whereas Cincinnati is just still bitter at the world, the Central Florida is the world. They're going to prove themselves. But Georgia, this isn't like when Central Florida played Auburn a couple years ago. This is Georgia, not Auburn. Yes, Georgia will win this game more than a touchdown.
1: Cincinnati would have to score probably 40 to 50 points to beat Georgia in this game, and that's just not going to happen. Georgia gave that up to Alabama, and that was really it this season. And uh, so I don't expect uh, as much as I kind of cheering for Cincinnati in this case, because their coach is going to be gone in a year or two. He'll get hired somewhere else. Uh, This this is their time to shine. This is their one opportunity to say, you know, they're saying we belong in the playoffs. Well, if you can't beat Georgia, you surely don't belong in the playoffs because they're a playoff caliber team. Honestly, the talent on that team is right now. And uh, this is their chance. I just don't think it's going to get done as much as I'd like to see them win. I'm with you on this one. I think Georgia wins this game. Um, Auburn, uh six and four. They got an interim head coach right now. They're playing against number 14, Northwestern, in the uh Verbo Vir- Citrus Bowl. Northwestern, three and a half point favorite uh here coming off the loss to Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship. What do you have for this game?
2: Here's another game where the public is against the dog, Auburn in this one, because they see, well, they they got their fired coach, and Northwestern just shown very well in the big End championship game against Ohio State. Kept that game closer than they thought. Yeah, this is a spot for Auburn. You're going to give me three and a half points in Auburn? I will take them, because let's just face it, if they played this game in September, Auburn is a seven to ten point favorite in this game. So has that much really changed between then and now? I don't think so. I think you've got the advantage with the better team in Auburn.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, Bo Nix has not had a good season. But you take Gus Malzone out now, and you've got an opportunity here for them maybe to show what the team they could have been here in the bowl game. uh, Or maybe they are, as Denny Green said, who we thought they were. But, uh, yeah, this is an interesting game. I have a hard time going against Northwestern and the season that they've had this season against Auburn. Only three-and-a-half-point favorites. I don't even know that I'd take the points with Auburn, honestly. But I wouldn't be surprised if Auburn shows up and uh, plays out in this game either. Um, I'm not a betting man. If I was, I'd stay away from this game completely. All right, let's go to the playoffs. we got the final four teams. And uh, let's start with Alabama. Number one, Alabama, 11-0. They are playing Notre Dame, 10-1. and 1. Their only loss came to the uh, Trevor Lawrence present uh, Clemson team. Alabama opens this game a 19-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, do you go with the uh, the desert here, or are you going for the upset?
2: You know, if Alabama and Clemson have taught us anything over the last five years, it's there's no point spread out of reach. When, uh, you know, you hear them laying, especially, you know, they're laying 35, they're laying 42 points against some of these teams, and they'd always reach it in the first half. You'd be like, wow, I can't believe they covered that so early. And so now, this line's 20 in a lot of places. I see a lot of 20s around. Uh, but if anybody can cover it, it's Alabama. But Notre Dame, it's going to be kind of the whole thing. We've seen this act before. You know, we've seen them go to this playoff round, and we've seen them get absolutely housed. And we've seen them. And, you know, the longer you hear that, it gets, gets you a little bit more fired up. Am I saying they're going to win the game? No. But if you're asking me, are they going to cover the 20? I would take Notre Dame in those 20 points. You know, it's a fourteen-point game, maybe, and that's that's a cover. But I just don't think Notre Dame will, you know, tank as badly as they have in recent years, mainly because everybody's reminding them how bad they tank badly in recent years. <laughs> all right,
1: probably the best game in the opening round, and maybe the best game in all of the bowl games, I think, is going to be Clemson ten and one versus Ohio State six and zero. Clemson opens or is at a seven-and-a-half point favorite in this game, which surprised me a lot to see that line where it's at. What are your thoughts on Clemson-Ohio State?
2: Uh, the two best quarterbacks, if you want to say, you know, before the season especially. I mean, we don't know what Justin Fields would have been in a 12-game, 13-game season because he only played six. Uh, but these are the two best quarterbacks, and they're two of the three best teams that we thought all year that were the best teams. So to say that one is seven and a half there, the other one, I think you're getting value with Ohio State. And, you know, I'm not going to, uh, you know, to sit here and take both dogs in both these games, neither of which I think will actually win the games, But you're getting – I just think you're getting value with both of these underdogs out in the desert. Now, I think Alabama-Clemson wins these games. But I think the public is so – you know, we're so conditioned to see Alabama and Clemson just roll until they play each other. That's a big value in Ohio State especially – and Notre Dame this week. Uh, Can Ohio State win this game? And they'll definitely show up. Everybody's told them for the last six weeks, you don't deserve it. You only played six games. Now the opposing coach just said you're number 11 in the country. Yeah, you don't think that's going to play on their minds? Of course it is. But it's not like Ohio State's not that good either. They're really good. Give me Ohio State seven and a half in this one. Clemson should win, but I'll take those points.
1: Ohio State played six games. Justin Field had over 1,500 yards passing, 72% completion, 15 touchdowns, five interceptions. That's a pretty good six-game stretch right there for Justin Fields. Just think, a, just
2: think if Georgia had kept him. That's the only thing. And You know, just think if Georgia had him right now. They'd be in this game. They were playing this game. It's amazing.
1: Definitely, yeah. And they've got a good run game, too. They've got over 1,600 yards rushing in six games as well. Um, but – at the same time, that, that uh, the Clemson's no pushover either. Their one loss came when they had a, the freshman quarterback who, had he had another couple minutes in that game, may have come back and won that game against Notre Dame uh, with a little bit more time. And the mistakes early definitely did not help them out. Uh, but Trevor Lawrence this year, he has almost 3,000 yards passing, 27.50 passing uh, the ball this year. He's got 22 touchdowns, four interceptions, He's got a 69% completion percentage. They've got a great run game. Uh, ETN has played better in the second half of the year than he did in the first half of the year. He's got 882 yards and 13 touchdowns rushing the football. And uh, then their lead receiver, Rogers, 966 yards receiving seven touchdowns. They got uh, just a, a bunch of receivers with a bunch of yards as well. I think Clemson is the best team in the country. Personally, I think Clemson beats Alabama again in the national championship. But I think the matchup against Ohio State is scarier for Clemson than the matchup with Alabama. Because I think with Alabama, you have that mindset. We're playing a professional football team. With Ohio State, to me, they're more dynamic. Although Alabama's offense has been very good this year. Um, I think Ohio State's a more complete team than Alabama is. Alabama's defense has been really bad this year overall, especially compared to past Alabama teams. Um, I think Clemson's the best team. I don't think they're going to cover this game, uh, but like you said, I do think they're going to win this game, but I I think it's going to be the most entertaining game that we've had all season.
2: I I can't disagree with that, but the amazing thing about all the four playoff teams, only one of the four had a winning record against the spread out in the desert. That's Alabama. Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State, they all lost you money if you were betting on them blindly every week out in the desert. So like you said at the very beginning, just because a team wins games doesn't mean they actually catch tickets out in the desert. That's, how, you know, that's why these lines are always tricky, especially in bowl season. But I'm like you. I I think you're getting Clemson's the better team, but I see, like you, this matchup, especially if Justin Fields you know, plays like he's supposed to play, so to speak, I think you have value in Ohio State.
1: All right, so that's the College Bowls games that are coming up, and then uh, uh, we'll wait and see who wins the playoff games before we start predicting champions and things like that as well. Uh, moving on real quick, we don't want to take too much more time, but uh, uh, NBA starts up Tuesday night, and uh, the NBA season, after a short break, those millionaires have had a really tough year, Happen to play basketball. Uh, But uh, nonetheless, if you'd like to hear a few more slights at LeBron James, you can tune into the previous episode, the NBA uh, season preview. You got a few few slights in there for LeBron. But uh, over-under win totals uh, for the season on the NBA games, uh, what stood out to you? We won't go through every team or anything like that, but what are some teams, uh, if any, that stood out to you that their win totals, you said, boy, I'd go under or I'd go over on that one in a heartbeat?
2: Uh, win totals are so tough this year. with The whole COVID thing. Will they play the full seventy-two games? If they do, will they be crunched into a bubble? Will they? You guys, so so win total. We're working in theories on these win totals as if they're going to play all the games. Uh, as far as the champ- I wouldn't. The Lakers are the obvious odds-on favorite to win the championship, but I wouldn't put money on it right now because you're getting no value because everybody out in the desert is betting on the Lakers to win. So we look at win totals. And I saw the uh, Washington Wizards, or the Bullets, as they were when I was growing up. 33 and a half is the number for them. Can you name a third player for the Washington Wizards? Yes, you have Bradley Beal. Yes, you have Russell Westbrook. Who's the third guy? Name another guy. I'm looking at their, their lineup right now. Here's, here's your
4: choice. Hi, I'm Maria.
5: And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team Ready. ready.
2: who are these guys? And are we supposed Hachimura. to. Exactly. They go on the list there. Help me find somebody. Yeah, this is not a 33 and a half win team. This team is going to be lucky to hit 25, I'm telling you right now. So I'm already on this. Washington Wizards under 33 and a half in total. It's my easily, my dead 10,000 super galactic lock of the millennium. Take under 33 and a half. This is a 25 win team at best. The Washington oh, Wizards.
1: man. I, I'll, I'll push my my uh, marbles all in on this one. Uh, I'm going to take the over on Washington because really? Washington. Oh yeah, listen. You're in the East. The East is weak as it is. Uh, and then Russell Westbrook is going to add wins to this team, not take them away. I don't. I'm not a Russell Westbrook fan by any stretch of the imagination. But I looked back uh, in 2018, the Wizards. I think it was eight. It was either 17 or 18. I'm not sure. They were had a 42 win team. With Bradley Beal, Jeff Green, Tomas Satoransky, Thomas Bryant, and Trevor Ariza as their main minute getters on that team, they won 42 games. Now they're going to play 10 less total games this year, but I think that 42. Now I got the number from Caesars at 32 and a half, and so that might there's some play in those those win totals, obviously. And honestly, 33 and a half makes me think about it more than 32 and a half does. But uh, I would I'm going to take the over on Washington I think Russell Oh, oh you' uh, this is bad and news. I put them I, I think it's a good number for them don't get me wrong I think that 32 33 34 range is, is is probably right for them but I'll give them 35 wins and uh take the over on that one for sure
2: oh Vince I'm sorry I I, I don't mean to insult you to your face but I'm where are these wins? Going? Who are the, who's the third guy? That's all I want to know. Who is the third guy and what can he do? Well, look at this roster, man. These, yeah. these guys are just, they're these guys are bums, man. I, I, <laughs> I just, I mean, and, and is Bradley going to put up with Russell Westbrook, trying to get triple doubles all year long? If he got, he got mad at John wall, John wall, those two hated each other. You think he's going to get along with Westbrook who actually demands the ball more than John Wall does. Yeah. This is not going to end. Well, and it's going to be less than 30. I have a huge bucket of pride on this one, Vince Over, I'm sorry, yeah. man. I hate to so gonna your, in on your this own
1: on I'm mean, sorry. Russell Westbrook's best seasons came under Coach Scott Brooks. He's coaching the Wizards now. Uh, Bradley Beal is a complimentary player, uh, can be. He he sh- he should have the ball in his hands more, but he's not as ball dominant um, as, as some of the past people that Westbrook's played with. Um, he can shoot anywhere on the court. The big thing for the Wizards is going to be the rookie and the young guys. Uh, Hashimura was last year's rookie. This year they bring in no one knows how to say his last name Denny, uh, the the rookie. And uh, if he comes in and contributes, just just at this point stands on the outside and hits threes, this team could have some success. Um, but uh, nonetheless, I've got him as that uh, the last team in the playoff, uh, the the first round playoff, the ten seed that plays the seven seed. But anyways. Um, I, I yeah, I'll, I'll I'll push in on that one. I'll I'll take that bet with you uh for sure on that one. Any other teams that, that uh that that tickled your fancy? That one was
2: the one that really kind of stood out to me. This man, I've really got to get on this one. I know the Pacers were another one that I thought were kind of a decent spot to go under. Uh they were one that I, I thought was a good under choice, but yeah, the Wizards were the one that just was a sore thumb to me. In terms All of right. numbers, and looking at their numbers. But yeah, the Pacers will be the next one in terms of under, yeah.
1: Now, Brad, I told you right before the bubble, I'm not a gambling man. You are. I said, put your money on the Blazers. They're going to make the playoffs. You laughed at me. You didn't you do did. it. You did. You did. And the Blazers made the playoffs. So I'm going to give you a couple more. You write them down. You put your money on them. Put, <laughs> I got, I got your, my pen right here. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Your life savings on them, because here they are. Uh, in the West, I've got... An over for the Trailblazers. They're at 41 and a half at Caesars. I don't know what you have them at, but uh, 41 and a half is the number that I have. I'm going to take the over with them there. The Grizzlies are at 30 and a half. I'm telling you, the Grizzlies are going to be a top five team in the West, and they have to win more than 30 games to do that. So I've got the over with them as well. The Warriors come in at 36 and a half. That's a very low number for a very talented team. I go over with them. Here's the big surprise, the Dallas Mavericks. They're at 42-and-a-half, go under on Dallas this year. I like Dallas. They're not very talented. Uh, Luca is awesome. They got nobody else. Dallas goes under this year. And then you mentioned the Pacers. I got them at over as well. I've got their number at 39-and-a-half. They won't be much over, so don't put your money on the Pacers. But uh, put your money on the Mavericks. Put them on the Blazers. Put them on the Grizzlies. Uh, but uh, the Pacers at 39-and-a-half, I see them uh, probably ending the season, I think, around 42 wins. Uh, they've got a new coach, which should 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 put some energy into a team that needed a lot of energy with Nate McMillan as their coach. Uh, and so uh, uh, I think I think they're going to go over, barring any major trade that they make, as their current roster at the very least. I've got that as well. All right, Brad, let's close out this episode briefly, uh, talking about the Kentucky Wildcats basketball team. One and five, first time ever under Coach Cal, they've gone on a five game losing streak, and they have not looked good at all. My dad, we were talking, we were watching the game on Saturday. He goes, do they have any good players? <laughs> like, yeah, talent's not their problem. Their problem is coaching the talent that is there uh, right now. Uh, John Calipari sends home Cam Fletcher, gets him on the plane, sends him out, Says, it's, uh, talks to him and his mother, says he needs to spend some time away from the team uh, after a little bit of locker room issue this past weekend. And then Cal came out today and said, uh, we're going to play with a seven-man rotation until the other guys can figure it out. Uh, what do you make of all this with Kentucky basketball? Uh,
2: it's a disaster right now. And now you're – let's just face the facts here. You say all this stuff about Cameron Fletcher was this and uh, Terrence Clark walked off the court or yelled or whatever. They're one-hot. And, and they're going to Louisville on Saturday, and they're not going to be favored to win the game. So now you're, you're staring one and six right in the face. You can tell me recruiting classes. You can tell me, you know, have faith in Coach Cal because he's done it before. You can give me all that stuff you want. No pun intended. This is a one-of-five team who's staring one and six right in the face. And now you've got dissension in the ring. And like you said, who's their best player? We were told all this stuff before the year. B.J. Boston is a top five pick in the lottery. Based on what? According to who? Has he shown you anything? that he's going to be a top five player in the NBA draft? No, he hasn't shown anybody anything like that. Now, granted, the draft's not for, what, six months, but from what I've seen so far, he's not even the best player on this team, and the numbers say this team is better when he's not even in the game. So Mm -hmm. it's something where you have to figure, Calipari is grasping at straws. Who is my best team on the court? Who works the best, who's my best five out there? He has no idea who his best five is right now. And the numbers say he doesn't, because the best players he has is a, the team is better when he's on the bench.
1: Yeah, I mean their transfer players, Mints at point guard, Saur at center, um, have been their best players so far. Isaiah Jackson, yeah. the freshman, has looked really good. I've liked what Lance Ware has done on the court uh, as well. But this team, they look lost. I mean, just as lost as can be. And this Louisville game, by the way, is not just in-state rivalry, not just a great rivalry in college basketball. It's become very personal this year between uh, Coach Mack at Louisville and Calipari at Kentucky. They have both went after each other through videos that they've posted. Mack started out by saying, oh, we got to do whatever makes John happy. And then Cal coming back with them as well. This is a very personal game from the coaching standpoint uh, that builds on the rivalry that already is Kentucky-Louisville. And the one thing I I think there is hope for for Kentucky is Cal is realizing he actually is going to have to coach this year and try. And cutting down to a seven-man rotation, if he actually does it, cutting down to a seven-man rotation is what he does tournament time, typically. He'll play nine, ten guys throughout the season, but then tournament he'll cut it back to seven or eight guys and uh, it'll be interesting to see which seven guys he's playing. Uh, but, and everyone's saying, well, Dante Allen, he's a three point shooter. Why isn't he playing? And, and, you know, Cal's response is he's got to do it on both ends of the court. But hey, at this point, if you can find someone who does something good on one end of the court, you should probably play him because nothing else is working.
2: But it is tournament time. You're one in five. The mm-hmm. last team that started one and five, we talked about this on my show the other day. Last team that started one and five to made the tournament was 22 years ago. That was 1999. So it, you're up against it in terms of history here. And I can go over all the numbers, you know, Calipari on the road and in non-conference games in December. He doesn't he doesn't cash tickets. He's always uh, underachieving. Whereas Chris Mack, in his short time at Louisville, as when he's at home, when he's a favorite, in the month of December, he always cash. He's hit over 55% in all those spots. So all the numbers, all the trends, Ken Pomeroy said it's going to be a four-point game. ESPPI says three and a three-and-a-half-point game in favor of Louisville. So the numbers and the trends, everything is on Louisville in this game to win it right now. Now, if you want to go against that, that's fine with me. I mean, I understand. But, I mean, you're using nothing other than faith because the the numbers, the trends say, this is Louisville's game to win or lose. But it's like you said with Dante Allen. Califeri comes out the other day to says, you know, I'm going to let um, my shooters, I'm going to, I want them to know that they can miss a few shots and they're not going to be yanked out of the game. Well, Dante Allen's allegedly your best shooter. Why doesn't he get a chance to have, he misses one shot well, he comes out and immediately, it, it all depends on who you are in life. And it's crazy.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where if you believe in Coach Cal as a coach, then you're going to go that direction against Louisville. If you have a little bit of lack of faith in Coach Cal, then you're definitely gonna lean towards Louisville in this game. And I, I believe in Cal as a recruiter, but not as a coach. He's proven time and time again that he's not a great coach. And with the amount of talent that he has and has had come through Kentucky, he has not coached them up to their talent. As a matter of fact, they go to the NBA and everybody goes, Wow, I didn't see that when they were at Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Neither did we as fans. And so <laughs> that's what we're sitting here going, Cal, let's 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 let the talent play. And uh, and maybe college basketball, what do you think on this? College basketball is probably the most overcoached sport in all of sports. I would agree with that, but it's also the most dependent
2: upon their coaches. That's why when I look at points and trends, I don't look at teams. I look at these coaches because you could take Cal Perry. He has the same characteristics now at Kentucky that he did when he was at Memphis. It was at UMass. In terms of when he covers spreads, when he doesn't cover spreads, when he wins, when he doesn't, so it's there's no more dependent co- sport on the head coach than college basketball. Yeah, a lot of people say the NFL, and you know you get arguments on that, but it's in college basketball. It is about the coach, and to sit here and say Calipari doesn't underachieve, well, he always underachieves. Only two years out of the of ten that he completed here. Did his teams finish ahead of where they were expected to finish at the beginning
1: of the year, based on the AP poll ranking. Yeah. And the hardest season to watch before this season was uh, the Noel year. And they were just really, really bad that year. And uh, they didn't have anybody really around him Uh, this season. It's not a, it's not a matter of lack of talent. As a matter of fact, they may have more talent now than they've ever had, or at least since the uh, Booker and Carl Anthony Towns' year. Um, they've got a lot of talent on this team and they've got to get it together. quick. You know, I wonder, I didn't realize Kenny Payne was so important to this program. Didn't realize Brad Calipari was so important to this program. I mean, it's the people you lose this year and, and it's amazing how different it is. And it'll be interesting to see Kentucky move forward. We'll talk more about them as the season goes on. You know, I think the thought can be all we have to do is win the sec. It's not that big of a deal, but Or How much of the SEC season are we going to have? Are we going to have an SEC tournament? Uh, None of that's guaranteed this year because of the COVID situation. And just because some people are getting shots doesn't mean it's all going to be gone by March, April, or May. And so, uh, you know, you have very limited time to prove your worth and to earn your way into the tournament. And um, at this point, Kentucky doesn't look like a team that should be in the final 64. What does Ken Palm have them rated at right now? Do you know?
2: 51 uh, as of yesterday morning. I haven't checked today, but uh, they're in the 50s. They're in the high 50s. So it's not like they're something, you know. Well, they're just a tough schedule, and they've gotten some bad breaks. No, Ken Palm, what his are. It's not a resume. It's what's going to happen in the future. So you know, people say, oh, well, they. It's just because they had a tough schedule. No, they. That is predicting going forward, and. You know, you mentioned the SEC schedule. That's the only face that Kentucky has right now. They have to win that SEC tournament. They can go 14 and 4 regular season in the SEC. They still can an that large uh, bid with that 1 and 5, maybe 1 and 6 record coming into preseason. So yeah, you basically the next two and a half months, you're basically preparing for that SEC tournament because that's the only way that you're going to make it into the tournament this year. I'm sorry.
1: Well, usually this time of year, Kentucky football fans can rest in the fact it's basketball season. And this year, they're now they're bragging about their four and six football team going to a bowl. So, so you can you can tell in Lexington how the feelings are going right now. It's it's not a positive. It's not very cheerful this Christmas season.
2: Yeah, yeah, a bowl game that you're probably going to lose if you ask us. So yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's it's tough right now if you're the Blue Nation. Uh, so yeah, happy holidays to everyone. Yes.
1: Yeah. Well, we talked about a lot of things today, and we've taken a lot of time to do it, but uh, with us today is our good friend Brad Taylor. He hosts The Bottom Line with Brad Taylor every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. You can listen live if you're in Lexington, Kentucky area. You can listen live on the radio, 1300 a.m., 92.5 FM on ESPN Radio Lexington, or if you're around the world, you can listen on WLXG.com. You can also catch up on past episodes there as well. Brad gives his uh uh mac daddy stogie picks each week he's got you got a pretty good run this year with those
2: yeah we did we've done pretty well uh we actually called the northwestern uh over michigan state basketball game on Sunday. We we're very proud of that one uh so yeah it's it's going well we do a lot of research and as long as we hit that 52.38 percent we're doing all right yeah
1: brad's the only person i know that's not a fan of a team uh, he's just a fan of winning, and so he's, he follows the numbers. He's unbiased. He's a great listen, so make sure you go on WLXG.com and catch up on his broadcast, uh, every, again, live every Sunday at 9 a.m., and then you can catch the uh, the show after it airs there on WLXG.com as well as other platforms, but that's that's the one his bosses want you to go to, so make sure you go visit WLXG.com. Brad, thank you so much for being with us today. And, uh, again, our sponsors today are Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Find more information at bellyupsports.com. Brad, Merry Christmas, and uh, thank you so much, so much for being on with us again today.
2: Thank you, my friend. All the best to you and yours.
1: Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's Sports Stove Podcast. Let us know what you thought about today's episode on Twitter at Sports Stove or through email thesportstove at gmail.com. We'll have more episodes coming in the near future. Until next time, we'll see you around the sports show.